Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Is This Just Fantasy? I'm your host, Geordie Bailey. And I'm the other guy who really, really didn't expect us to ever get this far, Duncan Nickel. I mean, you had to have a sneaking suspicion. I genuinely was surprised that our first episode ever got edited and went out. Oh, ye of little faith, Duncan. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. How about that? It's it's 2023. I, I sorry, I'm still in shock that it's 2023. Uh, yes, this I know. is it's our... such a sci-fi name. Like, can you imagine living in the year 2023? When we live in 2025, it's going to be a serious letdown. Like, I would have expected a lot of like cool tech stuff to happen, which will not have happened. Mate, I felt that back in uh, 2014, I think. No, 2015. That was it. The Back to the Future moment. Sure, sure. finally got to the year where they go to the future and back to the future, and you're there, you're like... Yeah, and look how far we've come, Duncan, in the past now eight years. Um, We have NFTs, you know, what a great marvel. Uh, Thank you, 2022, for that wonderment. Uh, And now we have uh, computers which can make things which idiots will call art and everyone else will call garbage. I mean, to be brutally honest... uh... As a young little English boy, those are like the highlights of the year. It's been a fun one. But besides everything going on in the wider world, it's been fun doing this book club with you, Geordie, and everyone else that's come along. Yes, we're so excited to have run this show and to have um, you know, to have all our little adventures we've had along the way, from uh, interviewing Nicholas Eames to putting out our very first episode. To losing our very first episode. Oh, what and to losing was. our very first episode, that one as well, yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jay Kristoff. Uh, for those that do not know, as you wouldn't know because it was lost, uh, The Empire of the Vampire was a fully recorded two-hour-long epic that sadly got and lost. We, we both agreed, we both agreed our best episode up to that point. Without a doubt. It was a yeah, highlight. it was a good episode. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened there. I think I lost some of my some of my recording got lost before it even got sent, and I think you lost right. everything on your end. I, I didn't initially lose everything. I only lost everything after I like ran out of memory on my laptop, and I need to get a new laptop. Oh, by the way, my laptop had died today. Like it is dead, dead. It's gone. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Mine's still chugging away. Mine is a uh, lovely nine years old. It's still going. Treat it with love and care, man. I called it Tyrion when I first got it. <laughs> and then I got an external hard drive and called it Podrick. Ah. Uh, because that, that's where well. I was back in uh, 2015 when I bought it. Yeah, that, that was hip and happening. Oh, yeah. So, speaking of Tyrion and Podrick, we too are two bumbling people going on our adventures. Um, and I think it's time for us to have a little retrospective on the year that has been outside of some of the negative parts of 2022 we've brought up already, we do have some highlights. You know, we've read some really excellent books that have come along our way. And Duncan, why don't we have a little bit of a chance to talk about some of our favourites we've come across in that time. Just to be clear, I'm I'm Podrick, right? I mean, I, I, am, I am taller than you. Yeah, but I feel like you're the brains of the operation. Are you just trying to be the guy who's really good in bed? Is that what your game is here? I mean, you know, if the boot fits, 
Oh, wow. Okay, great. Oh <laughs> sorry, that was God. so cringe even for me. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, yes, that retrospective. Oof. Uh, yes, this year. Okay. There's been some great moments already. What just what's your best one? What's your best book club? What session did you enjoy the most? Ooh, so are you saying like the episode I had the most fun recording? Yes. Hmm, that's a good question. That's a good question, Duncan. I think in terms of pure moments of joy on this podcast, nothing will ever come close to us recording first rider's call. And you not realizing that the, in our minds, much older king was Carrigan's love interest. That that had not crossed your radar whatsoever. And me howling in laughter. That was a, that, that was a standout. I, I still stand by that in that first book, the king's age is not clearly put across to the reader. Like, that is not my fault. At least, you know, even in Twilight, they were very explicit about it. He is an older man. Let's be quite clear about this. Not so. Not so in Green Rider. I'll see. So my favourite moment or favourite session mm-hmm. that we ever had was actually on a bit of a controversial book. And it was The Gutter's Prayer. Okay, okay. I really enjoyed, I think it's the first time that we came to a book and we were butting heads. And I mean, we'd already done our American Gods episode, hadn't we? Yes, but I felt that was funner. Oh, sorry, that was easier because I was on the um, I was on the attack and it's like a shameful attack. Like, Georgia, I have to admit to you, I don't like American Gods. <laughs> uh, but Gutter's sure, Prayer, sure. to have a bit where I'm like, hi, this is one that I secretly really love. Can Can I put it up to the world? And to have you kind of slap it back down, I was. That was a that was an experience for me. <laughs> My precious baby, it needed delicate treatment. I have had time to reflect, and I think I might be the heel of this podcast. Like I might be the guy who needs to be taken down a peg in the new year. Duncan, you make sure you work on that, okay? What in terms of your uh, your excellent ideas or your kind of the way you express them at length? I think I think you need to um you know really take me to task you know like um just put yourself at the head of this party make me you know you should become the Tyrion of this little band. It's not in my nature, but if you're giving me orders to do that, I I will stand up and give instructions. Good, Only if very you're good. Telling me to. Yes, well, make sure you do that. No, I can I can say that. I think it's been a very interesting journey in terms of like where do we kind of come into conflict on books and swinging back and forth between each other uh library mm. at mount char i had a very strong idea about the narrator's voice as sure. a defined character mm-hmm. and uh, i think you took me to task on that one uh, i think i had to I had to relent that's that's exactly what i'm talking about man just <laughs> pushing duncan around <laughs> listen to me do what i say it's because guys he he edits this so um whenever i do get a really strong point in and put him down it's like uh, in rick and morty those are the memories he just kind of like <laughs> cuts out. Anything that makes him look foolish. Let's move on from my secret dungeon of stolen memories, okay? And um, and let's let's hit on the next one. So we talked about our favorite episodes to record, but shall we hit our favorite books that we've talked about? I, I think that'll be thematically appropriate. I'd like you to go first. Oh, I was really hoping you go first. Okay, so this is quite an interesting question because I've got the books that I love that I brought to the table. And I've sure. got some books that I adore to the table. Uh, probably mm. most prominent recently, uh, The Band, sure, uh, kind sure. of duology, particularly Kings of the Wild. 
I'm a huge fan. But also, as we know, I love Conan. I do. Mm-hmm. And I loved I loved the Tower of the Elephant, first story. Um, and I love... Well, to be honest, I love most, pretty much every book I've ever picked. But I feel like my favourite book, the book that I most would recommend to most people uh-huh. and would go about and be like, this is the best example of fantasy literature we have covered mm-hmm. this year. What is it? And <laughs> I'm pausing because I'm actually like, do I want to say this? Is this what I'm going to dedicate my opinion to? Say it, um, man. So I'm just, say it. I think it was A Wizard of Earthsea. Oh, yeah. Well, that's an excellent choice, Duncan. That's a really excellent choice. I know, but we've had so many good choices, so many mm-hmm. great sort of more modern picks and older picks. But I think in terms of it being good literature and actually having mm. something really poignant and clever to say, and maybe not the most fun, uh, which I always think, you know, fun and entertainment value. Sure, sure. Other points may got that a bit more covered, but in terms of like what's going to stick with me and what I feel like I grew the most as a person reading that book, it, mm-hmm. it's The Wizard of Earthsea, just hands down. I mean, absolutely. It's a wonderful, wonderful piece of fiction. Uh, it's a sort of thing that we, you know, like, <laughs> it sort of makes our podcast worthwhile, isn't it? That we don't just talk about popular schlock. We talk about actual real works of literature on the occasion, you know, for stuff that um, you could tell anybody about. And they'd be like, oh, yes, 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 a proper book, of course. But it is, it is a fantastic novel. And it, you know. And a trouble I'm going to have with this, Duncan, is that, like you, I've put a lot of books I really love in this year. I may have even, like, shot my load a little too early because I've picked three of my favorite fantasy novels ever. Uh, four, if you include Berserk. Like, and I've, I've put them out there and said, here we go, let's talk about them. You know, like, there's Strange Redreamer, and then followed up by The Muse of Nightmares. There's The Wizard of Earthsea, as you say. Um, American Gods is one of my favorites of all time, and then there's Berserk, which I think is like it is my favorite. Period. But I think, in terms of my highlight of my year, it's definitely not going to be a reread, you know. And the book which really just lit me up and got me so excited about reading, it definitely, it's definitely Kings of the Wild, like um. I, maybe I'm being skewed by the fact that, you know, like, obviously we had our conversation with Nick and that was really exciting. But I really think that if, like, he'd never responded to my email, I think it would still be my number one. I had such a blast reading it. And it's the only book um, in the entire collection which I have read twice this year, you know? Sorry, you read that book for the first time in, like, November. Yeah. And then I reread it again. I think it was still November. And you read Bloody Rose in between, the sequel? Um, yes, that's right. I am so happy that I recommended that book to you. And mm. I brought it into book club because when I picked it, I picked it thinking, this is going to be so much fun for Geordie. And I think he mm-hmm. needs it. He needs that lift. So the fact <laughs> that that's paid out, it brings me such joy. Well, well done, Duncan. That was a good choice you made. I have this terrible habit, um, and I don't know if it's just, like, part of a human condition or if it's, like, related to learning difficulties or whatever, but you know when, like, there's a plate that you need to put away and you know you got to do it, but you just, you just can't bring yourself to do it? 
or when like you're on Netflix and you just can't pick a show to watch um, and you have this long list of movies which you've said you want to watch and you've put in a list and they're just waiting right there. You've already said you want to watch them, so why don't you watch them? That's what I was doing with Kings of the Wild. Like, I knew it was a book which people loved. I heard it was like something that was really up my street and I just couldn't pull the trigger on it. And you have helped me push past that and just go ahead and do it. So thank you, Duncan. You're very welcome. I just want to also add that I feel so hard for both those metaphors. Uh, for that, I feel so hard for both those metaphors. Uh, my partner continuously berates me because I always leave one item on like the drainage board. Like, and I don't know why, but I will always leave one glass. It's like I get through everything and I just go, oh, I can't be asked to dry that one thing up. And it is a compulsion. And I'm sure mm. everyone can relate to that list of films or video games or books. I actually had a really great moment just before Christmas. She's uh, staring to... at me, Duncan. Amelie, she's just staring at me with those eyes. <laughs> I've not had it with that one. But just before go Christmas, <laughs> I, I do a mix up. Not entirely my fault, but p- mostly my fault. I went without internet for like 10 days. And I broke out my old PS3. Egad. I know. And I played a game that are, uh, came out in 2010. And I purchased in like 2011. And it's been sat in a box for 11 years. And I finally mm. played like Dante's Inferno. don't know mm-hmm. if you remember. PS3 game. And it's like it took me literally not having internet to go, Alrighty, <laughs> it's time for you. And I enjoyed it so much. And I had a great time. And I cracked the game out in like four days and now i've got my internet back and i'm like sat on my playstation 4 with my ps plus with this like catalog of like 150 games and i'm like mm. don't know what to play <laughs> well, how about i just download like four of them play the first like five minutes get bored and then uninstall them download something else that sounds like fun have you, let's do ha- that instead have you played the sequels you know the paradiso and the um was it the limbo the one about Purge. limbo the pur- uh, purgatory, purgatory. Purgatorio. Unfortunately, Purgatorio was never made. Uh, if you uh, if you finish the game from 2010, it actually ends with uh, "to be continued," and you're like, <laughs> oh, "I didn't work, did it, mate?" Well, rough. Is that a game where you fight a giant Cleopatra who has like her breast exposed and like things shoot out of her nipples? Yeah, that's the one, mate. All right, cool. Yeah, just, just checking. Just checking. What were we talking about? Oh yeah, um, books. Books, yeah, books, 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 not Cleopatra's nipples, books. Cleopatra's yeah, focus, nipples, focus. Books. But, yeah, books. Oh my goodness. There's a lot of blackmail material for Duncan in this episode. I think I, you said, um, like, I'm hard, I'm hard earlier. <laughs> um, I want to do an honourable mention of my favourite book, and that Song of Achilles also is so, like, the most literature fantasy book we read, mm-hmm. and I loved that as well. But was a verse he did it was a, just it was it was it good. I was I was defending it online recently. There were some people making some claims about it. That I was like, uh, 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 I'm stepping in here. But speaking of Song of Achilles, you know, Song of Achilles is a book I knew I was going to love, um, just like Kings of the Wild, or I suspected I was going to. But there are some which were a very pleasant surprise, and I think we should hit on those. The ones where Duncan, you brought something to the table, and I was like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Uh, and where and vice versa, where I brought something, and it was a pleasant surprise. Shall we hit on those? Oh, I think so. I think you should do, go first for this one. 
What was a pleasant surprise? What? Because I think I know which one you're going to say. Uh, I'm already. I smug. think you know as well. I think it's um, I think it's very obvious. Uh, and that, of course, would be uh, Elric of Melnibone. No, it's not as Green Rider. Um, I actually thought you were going to say Revenge of the Sith. So no, no. <laughs> um, the the more time goes on, the more I sour on that book. Rule. It is a work of art. But yes, Green Rider. Green Rider was a very special book. It was a book that my mm-hmm. partner got me last Christmas. And she was like, yeah, surprise, but I've never really heard of it, despite it being a long running series. Um, Wait, it was just Christmas. Did she get you the next book? Okay, listen, I, I, I'm just going to say my my partner, she, she she didn't get me a present this year. Well, okay. Um, Did you I get her get... a present? Uh, no. Um, okay. We don't. We. I don't know. I feel like we. Have you ever seen the Gavin Stacey Christmas special? I no, felt really Duncan, sad. I've not seen the Gavin and Stacey Christmas special. So this is comedy written by James Corden and Ruth Jones. Excellent. But there's a there's a joke in that where this couple who start off all young and fresh are like, well, actually this year we're not going to get each other presents and we're just going to spend the money on kitchen cabinets. And it's meant to be like, mm. oh look how old and sad they've gotten. And unfortunately, I feel like I'm getting to that stage in life. Oh, it's like... No, ever since I brought up Jeanette's McCurdy's book, I'm glad my mum's dead. I've wondered when Duncan said that he didn't watch the movies, uh, didn't watch the TV shows I watched growing up. What was he watching? And now I know it was Gavin and Stacey. Gavin and Stacey is amazing. And it's so amazing. This uh, December, I did a Gavin and Stacey advent calendar where every day of December, I watch one of the episodes and if you take a break between seasons, it lasts you straight up to uh, Christmas Eve. And it is amazing. It's Game Corden's <sighs> finest, only good work. Yeah. Recommend it to all. What's it competing with? That that one episode of Doctor Who he was in that wasn't very good? Uh, he was actually in two episodes of Doctor Who. Let's not uh, mislead our audience. Was he the same guy? Yes, he was. He, um, Why? In the, fir- in the first episode, I think he's like with his girlfriend. In the second episode, he's got a baby. Yeah. And in the second episode, it's when Matt Smith does the, oh, yes, I talk baby. And it's hilarious because Matt Smith is amazing. Oh, God, that sounds so embarrassing. I'm so glad I stopped watching Doctor Who. <laughs> when did you stop watching Doctor Who? Alvin, just um, like, what point was your... Halfway through David Tennant's run. Wow, that's, uh, considering you're younger than me, that's early. I uh, yeah. I was my, writing this my favorite. Yeah, My yeah. favourite Doctor is Christopher Eccleston. He's my favourite. So I watched up to about midway through Matt Smith's run sure. uh, when the Amy Pond, played by uh, Kieran Gillian, and Rory Pond, mm. who I can't remember the actor's name, but he's amazing. And he is amazing. that character kept me going. He's like one of the Doctor's companions through space and time. And sadly, sure. they'd leave about halfway through Matt Smith's run, and it was never the same. Yeah, I did that. watch that season. Uh, I did drop in for that as well because I was watching with friends. Uh, but I don't remember watching much past that i think i watched until you know i, I don't chloe know chloe showed up claudia clara the one who goes doctor doctor yes it's clara 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 yes that was I definitely a, a clown turn um i did watch the episode it was called like robots of sherwood uh with like the oh, 12th doctor that was the last one i watched and i was like yep I have grown out of this. It was one of those, I often debate with my partner whether or not I grew out of Doctor Who or whether or not Doctor Who got worse. Um, 
as I say, you can think about with a lot of like kids media, it's like, have I gotten older or do they not mm. make it like they used to? Well, I haven't gotten older, so it definitely isn't that one. Uh, I've done my surprise. Have you done your surprise? I haven't done my surprise. I'm thinking for all the books. I mean, maybe nothing was surprising because like, you know, I was bringing something to the table and you were like, it must be good because Geordie recommended it. That's somewhat true, to be honest. There are a few that... To be f- Actually, Duncan, let's be real. Was Twilight your biggest surprise? No. Okay. No. Twilight wasn't my biggest surprise. I was. You can see where I'm coming at, though. Yes, because I quite enjoy Twilight, but I also had come around mm. to the fact that I might quite enjoy Twilight. If sure. there was a biggest surprise, I mean, I didn't know anything about Strange the Dreamer, but I knew you loved it. So I kind of expected that to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I can't really do Empire of the Vampire because I think that's not fair. So I think then... Yeah, I think so too. That would leave... Which ones would be the biggest surprise? I think there's two. That was a surprising book, though. It was better than I expected. Like, a lot better. I think there's two books left over and it would be one of these two and I'm not quite sure which one I want to give the, the crown to just yet. But I was very surprised by not liking American Gods. But I was also very surprised by how much I did like the library at Mount Char. I What's it gonna be, then? think I'm going to give the hat to... What about Malice? Oh, well, that's one of my picks. And I was very surprised how shit that was. Fuck it, it's Malice. Malice was surprisingly <laughs> bad. I, In fact, I was shocked by how bad yeah. it is. I suspected I might not like American Gods. And I suspected Library of Mount Char might be good. But Malice, I full on went into expecting greatness. And I did not find it. And I'm sorry. I, every time I see that book brought up, people have nothing but good things to say about it. I, I really do not understand. It just didn't click. It just, for me, Malice was this Frankenstein of other fantasy elements with just not enough of its own flavour to give it anything. It was dull. Yeah. That's the way I've heard you describe, like, early Wheel of Time. Like, it didn't have a much enough of its own identity. But Wheel of Time, to be fair, and this is this is the thing. I could have read uh, The Eye of the World and maybe said something very similar. But Wheel of Time, lots of people say, it gets better, it gets better, it gets better. And I, I have pushed through Wheel of Time. And I was like, yeah, no, you're right. It does develop. But Malice, I've not had anyone come up to me and spoken enough about what new ideas come in to the Faithful and the Fallen sure. series to make me think it's worth continuing. Mm-hmm. John Gwynn's other work, haven't read, they might be amazing. We're definitely going to read that. I mean, look at those big dragons. I know. The cover artist is so good on them. Beautiful design. They're so big. So big. Absolutely massive. That's another one for the blackmail. Absolutely massive. And yeah, I mean, I think that's a nice little sum up of some of the books we've we've looked at. But, you know, we do a fortnightly show. We do it every two weeks. And there's a lot of stuff that happens in between. For example, we we never talk about movies. Um, we've talked about TV shows here and there. I think we should take an opportunity, Duncan, to talk about Step Outside the Realm of Fantasy. To talk about some of the other media that really struck a chord of us this year. What do you think? I think when you say Step Outside the Realm of Fantasy, um, you're going to realise how little I do sure. that. And when I do Step Outside, how... How far I do we, not stray. We'll, we'll take up the like the gutters off the side of this bowling alley, but you can still you can still hit a strike, man. <laughs> no worries. 
Absolutely. So, did that metaphor even work? Did that make any sense? What am I talking about? Go on, John. Absolutely Duncan. not. Oh, man. So, let's just step off the show for a second and talk about some other fantasy books I've read. Because uh, I spoke about, around the time I read it, The Heroes by Joe Abercrombie. Sure, I remember. And that was a wonderful, wonderful piece of fantasy literature. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll touch on Joe Abercrombie at Book Club. Um, but it really took me by surprise. In terms of depicting the idea of a singular battle and the fact that there are good and evil on both sides mm. and exploring that really well, absolutely ASAR. Mm-hmm. Uh, another book that I read very recently is Stormfront. The first in the Dresden Files series. Now, I want to bring this up because I didn't know if I wanted to put it on the book club because I've heard some conflicting things. Okay. All I'm going to say to the fans of Stormfront is that I will probably put out a a couple of paragraphs reviewing it on our Instagram. Mm. So please go check out our Instagram at It's Just Fantasy Podcasts. That's it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not so used to saying it's just fantasy podcast at gmail.com. I actually really struggle with like the tempo of the That's sentence. That's because you've said it but so many times. You've you've just like built up this rhythm. You can't escape it. I thought it was okay. And I'm very interested to see where the series goes. It's done that quintessential thing of making me want to read the next one. So well done there to the author. Mm-hmm. But I'm still very hesitant as a series as a whole. There is some content in there. Similar to my experience with Twilight, actually. All right. Where quite often, as soon as I get a bit of momentum... I've, I've often heard these books compared to each other. I'm, I'm glad. I, I didn't know that was a thing. Is that a thing? No, I'm joking. Oh, okay. I genuinely people were. Because I think they're quite comparable in the sense that they're... What Twilight does, I think, to a core... Uh, to a focus audience of traditionally uh, young girl readers, mm-hmm. I feel that Dressing Fast is trying to do to young men. All right. And I think whenever it gets its genuinely good story going, ever so often it'll throw in a thing that you're just like, that was too problematic. I like, see. ever so often Dressing will just say a thing that you're just like, no, that's that's pretty sexist, mate. Can, could, could you just not? Mm. Could you just shut up? <laughs> and it's a bit difficult in Dressing Fast because the author's drawing attention to the fact, a bit like in James Bond, mm-hmm. later James Bond movies, where characters will call Bond down and be like, you chauvinistic pig, you misogynistic dinosaur. But they're not doing anything but, to change him? Yeah, they're not doing anything to change him. And like Just a character will, shade on it. Basically, they'll draw attention to it, but at no point do I think the character have a comeuppance or does the author really address the point. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, I know this is a thing. And you're like, great, you're going to do something. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll go into more depth. And I've heard the series does get better as it goes on. I'm going to hold with it, and maybe one day I'll bring it to book club, but not just yet. But with you, Geordie, let's stick with books. What have you read outside the fantasy genre? Before we move on, um, my understanding is that Dresden Files is basically like a sort of John Constantine thing. Is that right? Yes, it is. It's very much that urban fantasy. He's a private detective and a magician. And it starts with, in the very first book, it's literally, uh, he's like, gets a call from the police and they're like, we found something that we can't explain. Mm. Do you want to come in and have a look over? And then he like gets back to his office and there's like a crying widow there. Like, please, I need to find my husband, but I don't want to go to the, to the police. I, you're my only hope, mm. Dresden. And also a bit like, also, if you want to, uh, while my husband's away, <laughs> come round my house later. So, gotcha. Very femme fatale 
Yes, and it doesn't have those tropes. And I'm going to say, as someone who's also read, um, as someone who's also read the Lowtown trilogy by Daniel Polanski, I'm going to say, and very apologies, I get that name wrong, by Daniel Polanski. I love a bit of that kind of noir mm-hmm. detective vibe into a fantasy story. Um, I've got a lot of time for those tropes, probably because mm-hmm. I haven't been exposed to them that much. And I'm thinking, well, if Justin Fells is going to give me more of this. I like a bit of that. I've divided up my books of the year into two categories, um, which is fiction and nonfiction. And it will probably be the last year I do that because I never read nonfiction. This was very much an exception. My top book of the year, which didn't have to do anything to do with the podcast, didn't have anything to do with the fantasy genre, was um, The Dark Forest uh, by Liu Cixin. It's it's the follow-up to The Three-Body Problem. This, like, really famous and... um, and, and potent Chinese sci-fi trilogy. And um, it's a it's a phenomenal book. Duncan, do you know about the three-body problem? Only by reputation. Um, I know that it's good. Mm-hmm. I know that it's sci-fi. I know nothing else. Yes. It's a very hard sci-fi. Um, it's like full of very established rules. It's all about physics and mathematics and speculative technology and stuff. And essentially, it's about the world preparing for alien invasion, a super advanced um, alien race is coming from Alpha Centauri. Um, humanity has to prepare itself for the invasion, and so you have this like four hundred year ticking clock. What can humanity do in four hundred years to prepare? And it it's just not what you'd expect. Like it is. Um, it's a deeply strange book in many, many ways. It's it's fascinating and it's dark and um and I I really wish that I didn't know about the dark forest, the dark forest theory going in, because it is actually, it turns out, a huge reveal. And I didn't really realize how much of my experience of this book would hinge upon not understanding what the dark forest is. And I did understand what the Dark Forest was going in because I'd seen a YouTube video about it. And so I hadn't. So if you so if you're on um the YouTube channel Kurtzkazard and you see one about the Dark Forest, don't watch that video. Read these two books. Because they are very, very they're very, very good books. And um you're just gonna shoot yourself in the foot if you watch that, because you could have I could have had a really, really amazing moment of revelation of this book and instead i was waiting for these super intelligent theoretical physicists to catch up with me a guy who got a c in chemistry oh c yeah i did get an a in biology but i don't know how did you take physics yes did you in physics i got a c, c. maybe a, no 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 it was a b it was a b I I, got, it was a b c i get very confused um i was chatting just with some family members earlier today and uh, cousins recently took in their GCSEs, and they're like, they've done really well. Mm-hmm. They've gotten like eight nines, and I'm like, what? What's <laughs> yeah. a nine? And they're like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's like yeah, a, yeah. it's like an A star star, and I'm like, what? That that wasn't a grade. Yeah, it's true. I now work in a school, so I have to know these things. Well, that does sound like an excellent story to read. It's one of those things though. I do feel like will go on my list, and my list is very long. It's intense. You only do it if you have a lot of very long walks and you care about space travel a lot. I'm going to be honest, I also don't do a lot of either of them, but uh, 
Who knows? My other top book of the year is is my non-fiction book, and it's one I've already mentioned on the podcast. It's I'm Glad My Mum Died by Jeanette McCurdy, the biography of her life. Uh, a really, really exceptional writer. Um, be far beyond what you would expect of someone who has a claim to fame that doesn't relate to writing. It tells a very sad and dark story in an exceptional way. It's also a book about, you know, eating disorders and and really, really toxic mother-daughter relationships. But it's a fascinating book and, uh, and very much worth the read. I felt like I was obliged to, um, obliged to watch it because a sort of guilty pleasure of mine for the past year has been this long YouTube essay series by um, Quentin Reviews about the Nickelodeon TV cinematic universe. And Jeanette McCurdy was a very important part of that. And essentially, I have been enjoying, like vicariously, her exploitation. So now, you know, I have this book where I sort of have to reckon with that. And it puts things in perspective. So if that is something you need to sort of like set right with yourself, I would recommend this book to sort of to look at where our entertainment comes from, you know? It sounds like such a powerful piece. Yeah. Oh, and also it has made me appreciate Buffy the Vampire Slayer a lot because now I'm really okay with adults playing teenagers. I I actually don't know where to go on that one. Um that sounds like a really powerful book. I actually do want to read that, and that is very firmly quite high on my list. Mm. And to be honest, from the moment I saw Greece, I was like, yeah, whatever. Let's do some age-blind casting. <laughs> I think that's fine. I think adults playing teenagers is, is absolutely fine. Um, but I think they shouldn't all just be adults the same age. You should literally get, like, just a whole cast. Just mix them all, all right. up. Like a 40-year-old in there? A hello fellow kid situation? Yeah. All right, all right. Absolutely. And they just blatantly cast, like, parents younger than the children. You... <laughs> if they're a good enough actor, they'll make it work. Sure, sure. To be fair, um, I had a, a friend when I went to sixth form, and I literally had a friend ask me if he was my dad. So what? Like, you know, he, like, he had, like, graying hair, and he was, like, slightly balding on top. I mean, I, I can't possibly relate to that. 27 i'm coming up on 27 i am getting so gray it is very sad well i'm not but i will do it with grace i'm rolling my hands through my luscious thick hair well at least i can roll my hands through my luscious thick hair in other places like my beard (laughs) i'm talking about my beard your chest and my chest, to be fair. Right, this is off topic. No, what is it? Why is this such a weird episode? I might edit all that out. That was fucked up. <laughs> um, Duncan, right. I know that you like to read comic books as well. Do you have any comic books that were really a highlight this year? Jordy, there's been so much going on in the world of comics, and I've been involved in a tiny, tiny part of it. Yeah, you know what? It was a big year for comics. A lot of stuff happened in, you know, DC and Marvel, and I didn't read any of that shit. I, this year, have been finishing off Marvel's Conan the Barbarian run before it finally passes the torch back over... Not back over, sorry. The torch gets passed over to Titan Comics, who will be taking Conan forward in the new year. Um, 
so that's a thing for those that follow the series i think i, I posted on instagram uh my thoughts on the um savage avengers series that came out mm-hmm. this that finished this year uh this sees conan the barbarian interact with the modern marvel um assembly and i think it was a was it good it's what you want it depends what you wanted if you wanted to see the savage avengers like a team of like the the more anti-hero side of marvel the punisher electra conan going out on adventures then no if you want to see conan the barbarian like bumbling through the modern world and like meeting up with other superheroes for like one-offs then yeah isn't that just like literally a whole red sonya comic book sorry isn't that just a whole red sonya comic oh, book is like her arriving in a modern day and having like misunderstandings and stuff i mean there is one uh by amy shu there's sonya volume four but i think what this one does is that you conan gets adapted to the new to the modern world really quickly and it's much more right. about him interacting off the different marvel characters and having his kind of own perspective on their morality uh my favorite scene in there in it is when conan has dinner with dr doom and conan's like why do you wear a mask and dr doom's like i was scarred horribly and then conan's just munching when he just goes oh i understand you're vain and we get this great scene with like dr doom just kind of stares conan down before he actually takes his mask off and then they just have a meal together. And hmm. I like the idea of having a character that just like is so doesn't care about anyone's reputation or prior standing in the world. He can have like a really different interactions. Um, unfortunately, there's a really dull plot about an evil wizard. I don't think Conan would ever eat a sorcerer's food, but carry on. Well, exactly. And the moment there's an evil wizard in the series called Kulangarth, who's also the main villain in Red Sonja. Because rights issues are confusing. Confusing? Right. Confusing. Rights issues uh-huh. are confusing. Uh-huh. Because it was a character that originally appeared in the Marvel Conan, but then Red Sonja appeared in that comic, and then the rights got split down the line. And I think, I honestly think, I've enjoyed reading the Marvel Conan comics this year, but I've enjoyed reading the behind-the-scenes rights issues almost as much. And I think that best summarises my thoughts on it. The comics have been all right. The issues of the rights going and the new publishers getting the old right owners being brought out and then the new people putting it off to like a different company so it's under like a different umbrella. It's mm-hmm. it's all been quite fun. Uh, the main thing to know is that if you want to read Conan comics, go and read Dark Horse. And if you want to read more Conan comics, it's great because Titan Comics have just hired the Marvel writing team. Writing team. The one bloke. They've just hired the same writer. And he just said, yeah, I'm just going to sure. continue uh, exactly what I was doing. <laughs> and we're like, thanks. All right. No rock in the boat here. No rock in the boat there. So Jim Zub is the name of the guy. And he's literally like, yeah, so I had like three arcs planned out when Marvel told me they'd lost the license. And then I got a phone call from the new license owners being like, hey, we heard you have three arcs lined out. <laughs> that's great. That's actually really excellent. That That's not a story you hear happening, you know, in the comic books industry. Normally it's like writers being kicked in the teeth and like dumped into a sidewalk outside of DC comic studios. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say that doesn't still happen a lot, but this is one of the slightly happier stories. 
over to you. You've had any comics this year? Um, well, last year, but, um, yes, I had a big comic book highlight of last year. Um, it really, like, it really took over my world for a little bit. Um, but it was a, a, a very enjoyable manga, which I, um, which I really got stuck into. I'd already seen the anime adaptation of the first season, and also it's, like, movie adaptation in, like, man, 2018, I think, actually. Uh, 2022 is when the second season came out, and um, I'm talking about Demon Slayer. Uh, I Once I finished up the second season, I jumped into the manga, I decided that I wanted to see it through to the end, so I bought all the rest of the manga, and I had a really excellent time. A lot of fun. It's um, it's very short as far as shonen series go. The full run is only 23 volumes, as opposed to, you know, 112 for One Piece 84 bleach you know like it's it is breezy in comparison sorry did you say bleach is only 84 uh it's probably more than that but i can't i can't i, t- I can't tell you man <laughs> well you know what i'll Fair tell enough. you exactly what <clears throat> i uh, i have in front of me the only issue of naruto the only issue of naruto i wasn't able to sell um and it's issue number 24 so one further than Demon Slayer ever got, and it is the Rescue Sasuke arc. This volume ends with a Gara. It, it ends with the moment that Naruto catches up to Sasuke. So he hasn't even like vanished yet. Their fight hasn't started yet, and Shippuden hasn't happened yet. That is how long Demon Slayer is, start to finish. It's like before the halfway point of Naruto. Is it? better yeah it's a lot better than naruto i'm so glad to hear it uh i i put a lot i put a lot of stock in the fact that it is so comparatively short that it can tell this like i wouldn't say complete story there's some stuff that i think is left hanging could have been explored more but it definitely like it just goes on from action beat to action beat it's an exciting adventure and i think that shows you know like you like spending time with these fun characters you like seeing their cool sword abilities. You like seeing them fight these demons. And it was pretty successful. Duncan, do you, have you heard about how successful Demon Slayer's manga was? I actually have no concept of how successful it was. I've heard of it, which tends glad. to mean it must have gotten pretty successful because <coughs> I do not exactly <coughs> live with my ear to the ground for the anime or manga scene. So things need to make a lot of noise sure. to reach me. So it's... um. It came to an end in 2020, um, and that year, it came to an end in May 2020, and um, that year, uh, following on from its successful season, first season in 2020, uh, in 2019, Demon Slayer was the, um, the most sold manga in all of Japan, and it outsold the entire Western comic book industry in terms of sales. So what? So one manga outsold all of Marvel, all of DC, all of Image, all of Dark Horse, all of Skybound. That's insane. Do you mean the total sales for every comic published by those Marvel, Dark Horse, DC? Every Superman, every Batman, every Iron Man, all of them. So does... Does every Japanese household have a Demon Slayer bookshelf I mean, now? I think it was very popular in Japan. 
and it was very popular elsewhere as well. Answer. It's a good series. Okay. Uh, that's more than I was expecting. I may have to give that a go. It will be the second uh, manga I've uh, really tried to sit down and read. <laughs> I have um, physical copies, so I can actually send you these. That would be amazing. I made a foolish mistake earlier this year. Well, not a foolish mistake. I made this decision many years ago, actually, when they start publishing them. Whereas I had to choose, did I want to buy the Berserk Omnibuses? Or did I want to buy the Conan the Barbarian Omnibuses by Marvel? The classic run. Um, uh, I choose the uh, latter. Um, I'm very happy with them. But in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have gotten a series in Omnibus that I'd already read to completion. Yeah, man. Don't just say, yeah, man. That makes it sound so sad. Like, maybe judgmental I could handle, but not sad. You're They're very nice. It. Yeah, but... I now have it in different remastered colours. Cool. Thanks. Did you give away your old ones to charity? No, because they have a different remastered colours. Are you not listening? Uh, I have it in like every time they remaster the colour work, I get a different edition. Um, this and son do you know what? And you wouldn't buy a new microphone? Listen, right, there's maybe I'll, I'll buy a new microphone. Come the new okay. season in the new year. You're going to be hearing Duncan in all the better sound quality. Oh, yeah. You're going to hear, like, a clicking of his teeth, the slurping of his tongue. It's going to be gross. It's going to be amazing. Uh, but I, yeah, I very much enjoyed... <laughs> I don't know. Back over to me. The kind of the omnibuses Let's... were fantastic. And, no, Geordie, we're moving on. Maybe voice is getting... you'll be no, made to read on. them. Oh, yes. We'll be, moving... we'll be moving on. Duncan, were any films you like this year? None. Wow. This year, I've barely been to the cinema. I've gone to see, like, two Marvel movies. Um, I was kind of disappointed by both. Yeah, they And I, I went to see uh, an artsy film called The Banshees of Isherton. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that one didn't quite vibe with me either. It's about mm-hmm. an old man who decides he doesn't want to talk to his old drinking buddy anymore. And his drinking buddy is like, why not? And he goes, because you're boring. And um, this escalates to um, self-mutilation, arson, and potentially murder. So Sounds extremely sad and Irish. It, it was. It was right. both those things. Uh, yeah, so I've actually had no real enjoyable uh, films this year at all, other than Glass Onion, which came out very recently. I watched on Netflix, and it was a good, fun time. It? It, was it was a very good, film. good. I liked it a lot. The, I watched that for the I second have. time yesterday. Daniel Craig. His accent. Inspired choice. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just struggle with it a bit. It reminds me of when he did an accent for the Lara Croft film. And I'm like, I just, I just, I met you in Layer Cake. I know your voice too well. But he does do it very consistently and very well. But it still bothers me ever so slightly. Uh, in terms of films, I did two categories. I did popcorn and good cinema at the top of... Co- Popcorn is Top Gun Maverick. Seen it twice in a movie theater. It was great both times. Nope, nothing real to say about that. Good movie. Duncan, you'd enjoy it. Good cinema. Also, you'd enjoy this. It's Nope. Jordan Peele's third film. It was really good. It was really good. It wasn't too scary, but it was a, It was pretty scary in one part. And, man, I guess it's just a good filmmaker. TV shows. 
lots of fantasy this year. Lots of great fantasy, but Vox Machina oh, yeah. was the best one. Oh, Vox Machina was so good. It's coming out again. The next season's coming out this month. I'm very excited to watch it. I know we had lots of live action fantasy. I still haven't seen House of Dragons, so I can't comment. Willow is ongoing and I think is a uh, very Tweedly D off to fantasy. So that's how I've described it and I stand by that. Okay. I don't even know what that means. Is that good? Great. Thanks, Duncan. <laughs> um, and then finally, uh, His Dark Materials came out just at the end of the year by the BBC. And mm. I think it is one of the best adaptations ever. Um, it's a shame I didn't Ooh. like the original book that much. But it's a good adaptation Whoa. of that book I didn't like. Like, that's, is this the knife one? Or is it the social knife? Or is it the amber spyglass? This yeah, is the amber spyglass. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it had to come out. It's all available on my player. Amber spyglass. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it's definitely very different from the first two. All those books are very different from each other. Top TV show for me, there's no question. Like, it's almost uninspired. It has to be Better Call Saul. You know, like watching Breaking Bad for like over 10 years at this point so seeing it come to an end so spectacularly really fantastic like talk about an unexpected hit like you can't you just did not expect it to come on so strong and actually be better than Breaking Bad um that almost felt too boring um to to deliver as an answer so I did have to give some more I I really have to bring up um a wedding season which I enjoyed a great deal it was made by my cousin Ollie we're very proud of him for making it. Duncan, you watched that show, didn't you? Okay, Wedding Season is secretly great and not enough people have watched it. Me and my partner adored it. No. Um, it is a really fun, like, if you... it's I love it. I love it. It's this sort of... Oh, I don't know how I feel. It's like this downhill fall of, like, disaster to disaster. The main mm. character in that is constantly going like oh he's in such a bad situation it's this, it's this like he like falls out the, the frying pan into the fire and then he kind of mm-hmm. pulls himself out of that but unfortunately the fire within a volcano and now he's standing in the lava and now he's like and every time you think he's getting bit in a better situation it just gets worse and it, mm. i found it hilarious um because i think nothing makes comedy funnier than half the cast ending up dead so whoa a star okay yeah, and um, and also Cheaters, another TV show he released this year. I feel like that one got a really positive response, and um, I enjoyed it a very great deal. Very funny. 15-minute long episodes. Really, what's your excuse to not watch it? It's a raunchy, funny time. Duncan, I think you also enjoyed that one. I did enjoy it. It was an excellent show that kind of explored the ideas of infidelity, um, and it also really explored the ideas of just what we consider normal relationships messy relationships yes but only messy by what standards i found that was the angle Mm -hmm. i really walked away from it's this is messy only if you assume a normality which they need to adhere to but if you can be i think at least was a nice idea of like well what what can you be more accepting of or is it okay to be more accepting of and was it not Mm -hmm. okay and where do you draw the lines and it was great another tv show which i really enjoyed and um and I'm not going to be abashed about. Like, I really enjoyed a an anime that came out called Comey Can't Communicate. It was incredibly sweet, incredibly funny. Um, it's about a girl with very, very severe social anxiety disorder and um, her struggles to communicate. The main character is actually, like, like, her first friend. The first friend she makes was coming to a new school. 
who's like able to realize that she's not aloof she's very socially anxious and she embarks on a quest to make 100 friends and all of her friends are fucking weirdos a lot of comedy it's very very cute and eventually turns into a great romance oh that's really nice it's it was very nice i i think one of my favorite animes ever was actually a no actually sorry it was nothing like that my favorite one of my favorite animes ever is the um on high school dragon ball z was just like that jordan yeah on high school host club fantastic Five stars out of five. But mm. that is a completely different matter and can be discussed later. <laughs> oh, it's been a great year in some ways. Mm. Uh, for media, I think, and for art, it's been pretty good. I mean, I, I think the movie scene could have been better. Here's to, you know, next year and all that. Wait, but, um, this is the year that the sequel to the biggest money-making film of all time came out. Surely. Avatar 2, yeah. You seen Avatar? Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, I haven't actually. I thought I was going to. Do a I liked it a that. lot. I think everyone should go see it. It's okay, pretty, I think it's really enjoyable. Fair enough. Uh, I might then. I was actually going to do a whole bit I had planned about no one seeing yeah. Avatar two, but Georgie has. Yeah, except that. it's not true. It's making a lot of money. Most people like it. I mean, what do you expect? Like, it's. I'd say it's like a little better than Avatar one. It's more ambitious. It's weirder. Um, it does. It makes some weird choices, which I think people can criticize legitimately. But I think they make a little bit too much straw out of. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's what you'd expect. It's good. I'm glad. I think this year, particularly, I found on the TV front as well, fantasy TV. Oh has... fucking hell, Sandman! Sandman was really good. <laughs> There's so much fantasy TV that Geordie is forgetting shows, and there are shows that mm. I fully want to watch: uh, Shadow and Bone. That I literally am just there, like I'll get round to it. I'll get round to it. Yeah, I'll get round. I've got, I've got a few. I've got to watch Andor first. Just, we could always just read Shadow and Bone, you know, because I'm gonna be hitting you with some new YA stuff, man. I've eased off on you. We've been playing in your park too much. Because my park's better. So what? (gasps) Grass is greener, mate. Just for that. Just for that, I'm doubling your portions of Sarah J. Mass. So we come to the end of our first year and we look forward to our forthcoming year. Geordie, why don't you set out for us the plans for the forthcoming year and what our wonderful members of our book club can look forward to? Well, Duncan, they can look forward to more of the same, I think. We're going to keep on putting as much effort as possible to our podcast. Duncan has agreed to buy himself a new microphone, which we're all looking forward to. Um, It will make my job easier. And um, that will mean that editing will be snappier, quicker. We'll be able to get those episodes out faster. Duncan's going to do more interaction on Instagram and all that. You know, we're going to reach out to any authors that we uh, that we might try and get in contact with, like just like we did with good old Nick. See if who else we can drag along. We also figured out that we should have asked Nick to put in headphones. That was our fault. So lesson learned there. And I'm going to... I wasn't joking. I'm going to make Duncan listen to a lot of stuff he has never heard of before, and which some of which I think he will not enjoy, but I want to hear his opinion on it anyway. I'm so very excited about all of this. I think there's so much more for us to dive into. I had a short list of like my favourite fantasy books, and we've not even cleared that yet, let alone series, mm-hmm. let alone obscure stuff, let alone indie stuff and self-published works. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be doing that. <laughs> you never know. Oh, man, I don't know. You're right. And I'll tell you what you don't know, Duncan. I don't know what book we're going to be doing at the start of our new season. At the start of season two. 
Wow. Season two is normally better than season one, right? Season two. I think that's true. Definitely would be better than season one. Uh, so what book do we have to read? This is your pick, Jordy. So it is my pick and I have made my decision. Now, I did make a different decision and I will tell you what book that was. Uh, I was going to pick the first Dragonlance book because I was going to... um. I'm going to start running the new Dragonlance adventure, which Wizard of the Coast put out. And I want to, like, get some reading done ahead of time so I'm familiar with Kryn and all that. So I spent my Audible credit on it over Christmas, and Audible ate my credit. And it didn't give me a book. And I can't get in contact with customer service. So that is not happening until Audible gives me my damn money back. So for the start of Season 2, because we have... A combination of my credit being eaten and an upcoming birthday on Duncan's end, um, we're going to take a little break. We're going to take a month-long hiatus from the podcast, but we're not going to be slacking off. Oh, no, no. Are we, Duncan? No, no, no. No slacking here, my friend. I am... Mm -mm. What's the opposite of slacking? Tightening. I will be tight the whole way. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that's the opposite of slackening. But, yeah, sure, we'll be nice and tight. Real woof. Um, So it's going to be a long book. A really long book. We're going to be reading... um, God, what's it actually called? I call it Strange and Gnarl. Duncan, do you know what it's actually called? Jonathan Strange and Mr. Gnarl. Jonathan Strange and Mr. Gnarl by Susanna Clark. By Susanna Clark. This is one of my favorite fantasy novels. I have tried to read it a second time, but boy, is it long! Boy, is it a long one. Um, I, I I can't tell you the page count. I don't have the top of my head, but I am currently like I don't know. At, at about chapter two, yeah. So it's about thirty-five hours of pot of. Yeah, about 35 hours of audiobook in there. If you want a reference, my copy is 846 pages long. Yeah. Which puts it at a similar length, I believe, to um, the first or my archive book. And a bit shorter than the longest Game of Thrones book. I think Dance of Dragon is ever so slightly longer. Well, I mean, I've got a Storm of Swords in front of me and it says it's 47 and a half hours long. Oh my! George. Well, this is basically brief. George, George, George. That's why it takes so much time to write them. It's okay, George. Yep, that's you keep going. I have faith in you. And I know. George, do whatever you gotta do, man. Like, do whatever you wanna do. I'm here for you, man. I'm gonna fight all the haters on your behalf. I, hey. I did not finish your books um, because eventually I, I just didn't want to anymore. But you know what? I'm 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 uh, I'm out here shooting for you, man. Yeah, and I'll tell you now that when whatever it's called, Dreams of Spring comes out, um, I'm gonna read it, and I'm sure Brandon Sanderson would have done a great job. And that is my joke for the evening. I've also been reading. I haven't got enough far enough into this, but you know what I've been reading, Duncan? I've been reading The Citadel of Forgotten Myths. That sounds like fun. It is fun. Do you know what it is? Not a clue. It's the latest it sounds... Elric story. <gasps> no. Oh my god, I was just about to say it sounds like an Elric story because there's a Screaming Citadel is a Michael Moorcock Elric story. 
That sounds amazing. I'm currently reading the comic adaption of Elric, uh, which is phenomenal. Wow, you've gone from not being able to say Elric's I, country I to Elric's first name. Cock. He has a very brisk writing style and big ideas, and it's a lot of fun. Mm. All right. Is it good? Uh, that's all right. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. That's really, you You love the very first Elric you ever read, and th- since then it's just been let down? No, 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 no. I liked some of them. I liked Weird and White Wolf. Have you read... Yeah. Have you read uh, Stormbringer um, yet? Sailor and the Seal of Fate was good. Yeah, Weird and White Wolf is weird. It's, um... It's uh, that, that Michael Moorcock. He, he does not respect women. I, I can't speak to his uh, personal life, but in his text... Doesn't come no. across. No. Does yeah. not come across very well. I would say... No, I was about to say it gets better as it goes along. It, it mostly doesn't, actually. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, still, anyway, that's still the topic to explore I mean, got... another time. Yeah. God, I'm tired. Uh, did not get to sleep last night. Should have done. I'm ill. It's New Year's Day uh, on the time of recording this, people. So actually, we're both this... uh, actually completely... <laughs> that reminds me, Duncan. Completely racket. Last year, your New Year's resolution was to start a podcast, right? Yes, it was. That Good job, Duncan. You did it. Well done. Everyone give him a little clap. Thank you. Thank you. Do you normally uh, hit your I resolutions, Duncan? It. First year I've ever done it. Wow. Good job. I know. Uh, so what you've probably about asked me what my resolution for this year is. That's right, that's right. I kind of got I've kind of got three, to be honest. Number one is buying a new microphone, and I really hope I can pull that off uh, before <laughs> I we record project. our next episode. Uh, number two, um, I'm actually getting into my running. I actually have a fitness goal. Oh, good. For you. Uh, there's a, a charity run that's done in my local area. It's ten miles, mm-hmm. and I hope to. It's not. It's not until about September time. But I hope to not only finish it, because I think I could finish it now, but I hope to finish it in sort of the upper bracket. Mm. I want to be in the top half, at least. Ten miles is a long way. Like, um, a half marathon is 13 miles, right? Yeah, it is indeed. It's it's not it's not a short one, but I've, I've got confidence. I'm looking forward to seeing your six-pack, Duncan. I've never had a six-pack, mate. It's all about the cardio. That's and I think my how final you get a six-pack, dude. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's they say six packs are muscles are made in the gym, six packs are made in the kitchen. Is um you have to you just you get a six pack by losing weight, and uh, the best way to lose weight is is cardio through running. Your wisdom knows no bounds. I'll sh- I'm, I'll now send Duncan the a picture of the only time in my life that I had six a six pack, and that was when I was running half marathons. I'm just going to tell you all now. I have never had a six pack, and. Uh, I don't think I ever will. But no, I've that's come fine. To terms it's, with this. It's, it's, it's literally, a, it's like a gimmick, you know? It's like, it's like a little, if like you're in an RPG, like a, a JRPG, you'd be like putting a new hat on your character. It means very little. I'm, I much I've always prefer, that. I much prefer weightlifting to running these days anyhow. No, oh, no, running is my, uh, running's where I get in my fantasy books sometimes. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So it's always there. And my final New Year's resolution, I suppose, mm-hmm. will be podcast related. And oh. I think it's to be, I want to hit, um, as a little side goal, I think I want to explore a wider range of years uh, mm. in terms of books we look at. Gotcha. So I think I want to get something 
I reckon I'm going to seek out a little side project. I might not make it. I'm not going to hold myself to it. But if I can hit sort of a a book for every one of the last sort of seven decades, I mean, a side project for me. See if I can plot them out. So I think my second one is I want to really read books of a bit more diversity, a bit more throughout time of fantasy to build up that fantasy timeline we always kind of bang on about occasionally sometimes. We do, we do. We never shut up about it. While I won't let this like dictate me or stop me picking a book that I think is really relevant or going to be fun or I think it's just the right book for here and now to share with you all and Geordie, I'm going to try and read Mm. at least one book from the last seven decades over the course of the next year. So a 50s book, a book that came out in the 60s, a book that came in the 70s, mm-hmm. 80s, 90s, and so on. I like it, Duncan. I like it a lot. But I, you I hope Jordy, I can though. help you out with that. Ah, oh, thanks. I mate. also have three. One of them is like a two-parter. My one, which is podcast-related, is that I would like to do more with a podcast. And to me, that means a couple more bonus episodes. You know, we've done them in the past, but I feel like we haven't done one in ages. Like, I really enjoy those episodes a lot. I mean, we're doing one right now. <laughs> yeah, but I want to do more of these. Like, I... um. I like the fact that we get to have slightly broader conversations around the fantasy genre, and I hope we can do a little bit more stuff like that. Um, my other one is a creative endeavor. Um, I told Duncan recently that, like, I was kind of feeling a bit iffy about the last novel I worked on. Duncan very generously offered to have a look at it. But actually, then I had a real hard think about my story, what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it. And what I kind of realized was that I can do better. That there were a lot of ideas that didn't really go anywhere and I should focus on creating a more cohesive, singular package. So I'm moving on to a new story. I feel like I've worked up a really good idea and I'm looking forward to start cracking on and working on that new story idea. Oh, that's so good to hear. I mean, obviously, I want you to like have work and look at him and be like, this is great. But I think that self-criticism is, must be very healthy. To a point, obviously. And... Yeah, I mean, you gotta let go. Like, I'm... <laughs> actually, a part of the conversation was that we had that conversation with Nick. And he was saying, like, I focused on this book, which was a lost cause for so long. <laughs> and that gave me a moment of being like, man, maybe I should just move on and, and make a book which I really like. It really takes know? me back. There was a time when we did a creative writing class when I was, like, 12 years old. And the teacher was like... You'll do a creative writing class this year and then you'll do like another one next year and then one the year after at like the same time of year. And someone put their hand up and was like, oh, does that mean we can like make our like stories like the sequels to each other like every year? And the teacher just looked at them and went like, well, yeah, you can. But the, the idea is that by this time next year, you'll have like a much better idea. And I don't know. I don't know if there's something that really stuck with me. It's like, yeah, the idea is like whatever you come up now, We'll probably be shit, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Yeah, I I came to the end of my first book, which I ever finished, knowing that it was bad, but I knew that I had to finish it because I had to actually conclude writing a book because most people who consider themselves writers never finish their book. You know, like um, a lot of them don't really get started. They sort of drag it along. I knew that I had to get that finality because then I could always tell myself, I finish my book. That, and that means way you can that then I move can on to like future book. projects. Exactly. And now I'm going to let go of this one as well. I move on to the next one. And I can always come back and borrow ideas from it. 
Oh no, I was about to say that eventually it'll be collected like post-mortemously into like a compendium of like early works. I think about that a lot actually. <laughs> and people be like, oh wow, no wonder this never got released. Yeah, this is where my, it started out. My, this is my ghost set of Watchmen. They'll be like, ah, Geordie really had a lot of ideas that did not were not very cohesive in this story. Compendium. Compendium. Not compendulum. <laughs> compendium. Sorry. Separate point. Um, I always feel that. I always feel... Um, I remember Terry Pratchett did one where he rewrote one of his earlier works called The Carpet People. And in the fun, he's like, this is a collaboration between like 18-year-old me and like 40-year-old me. Um, I stand by the notion that the original story uh, was awful. And I hope this version's better. What are you trying to prove, Terry? I believe that you were better than your 18-year-old self. You didn't have to prove that. Yeah, what's frustrating is that his 18-year-old self is still better than a lot of people. My final one is a two-parter, and that is they've wrapped up together. Uh, and that is that I really feel like I need to get more sleep. Duncan's a good boy. He has a rigorous bedtime. We have to wrap up this recording in the next 10 minutes. Otherwise, Duncan will get mad at me because I'm keeping him up and he'll get cranky. Um, but I don't. I, I stay up. Wi- I stay way too. I stay up way too late. Uh, I spend too much time on my screen and it affects me. Not only does it mean I don't have energy in the morning. It also means that I have these big dark circles under my eyes constantly i also don't do as well at the gym i need to if i want to like make progress in the gym and i didn't make any progress this year uh, i i lift the exact same amount of weight as i did at the start of the year um i i think i need to sort out this uh i just need to sort of this aspect of my health and wrapped up in that is i want to drink less caffeine i drink way too many sugar-free sodas I think that's a really healthy kind of message to put out there. I think it's something that I know a lot of people do struggle with. And I really do, like, I want to be there to support you on that. Uh, I want to say that I know it sometimes can be annoying because I'm that guy in our D&D games who's like, guys, guys, can we can we wrap it up? And <laughs> I know it's sometimes how unwavering I can be in, like, that strictness. But I will just say... No, I respect it, Duncan. I do. In the past, I've been there and I've had terrible sleep patterns, particularly back during my uni days. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm... Uh, now I'm a bit of a big boy and have that kind of nine till, well, it's not quite nine till five. It's a bit longer, thanks. Um, now I've got that kind of full-time job and everything. I've noticed how, like, you've kind of got to be strict because you can can't slipping so easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to be there to support you. And I hope that, like, yeah, strong boundaries. I know you can do it. And good sleep, people. Makes everything problem better. Is, the problem is, Duncan, that... Uh... <laughs> I'm speaking to a girl on Bumble, really looking forward to us having our first date. And she is a nocturnal animal. Uh, She literally, we were up talking till 4 a.m. That was a mistake. Like, I said I'd do better, and I did not do better. Uh, And I'm very tired now because of it. So, yeah. New Year's resolution is not up to a good start. Uh, If you also want a relatable story... I once had, in terms of like betraying values for a very nice girl, literally the first, the week before I met my kind of long-term partner, I was in a pub with a friend and we made a pact together, like, listen, bros before women, we'll stick together, we'll look after each other, you and me, mate. And less than a week later, I'm in a club and my friend gets so drunk, he wanders off and gets lost. 
and um, a friend of mine was like, Duncan, I thought you were looking, watching him. Like, we sat in with you to watch him. And I was like, I'm so sorry. But um, as you can see, I'm uh, chatting to this lady here. Do you mind? Uh, you go and find him. I'm sure he's fine. He's a big boy. But he was fine. And I ended up spending the next uh, nine years with that woman. And we counting. We people. <laughs> so, so now we know. The lesson learned. The moral we're taking into 2023 is hoes before bros. <laughs> Right out in the end. Yeah. All I'm saying. Alright. I think it's very obvious that I've gone hysterical from lack of sleep. So, um, I'm going to wish everyone an adieu. The innocent sleep. Sleep that knits up the raveled sleeve of care. The death of each day's life sore labor's bath. Balm of her mind's great nature's second course. Chief nourisher in life's feast. Good night, everybody, and welcome to 2023. And I'm going to wish everyone a happy new year, and um, I wonder how much of my rambling is going to make it into the edit. So if a lot of those ramblings end up in the edit, I hope you enjoy them. Um, and enjoy us, and if you want to say anything to us... Sorry, one sec. Shit, one sec, actually, I am. Where can they do that, Duncan? Okay, it's New Year's Day. I'm not in the best place right now. I have consumed toxics. Um, but if you want to reach out to us and tell us about your stories and your experience with fantasy over the entirety of this last year, then you can do that at isthisjustfantasypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to read your emails. Or, more directly, reach out to us at the our Instagram account, isthisjustfantasypodcast. Just direct message or respond to one of the posts uh, relating to a book club session or one of the review posts or anything really um, I tend to read basically everything and we will if it's an interesting opinion discuss it here on the podcast or respond directly to you uh, please do obviously review our show as the more reviews we get the, the more like the uh, star rating will actually appear and it will be a good number and that just encourages more people to listen and the more followers we have on Instagram the more we can gather people and build momentum and build our community on that site and I think that's just what we want to do going forward. So thank you all for listening. It's been a great year. Thank you. It sure has, Duncan. Fare thee well all. To sleep, perchance to dream. So goodbye. Bye.